welcome back to In My Heart. I'm Heather Thompson and I'm your host. I'm very excited about my next guest, Jim Curtis. Jim spearheads the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in both business and as their community leader, affectionately referred to there as head coach. Jim joined the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in 2019. As a wellness pioneer for the last 20 years, Jim Curtis has dedicated his career to health, wellness, coaching, and counsel. He's helped develop life-enhancing apps like WebMD, we've all likely used that one, and Modern Sanctuary, just to name a few. He's a motivational speaker you might find at a TED Talk or any of the hundreds of lectures he gives around the country. He has coached entrepreneurs and wellness leaders around the globe, and he's also an author. We're going to get into it all. Some of you may already know I'm a graduate of IIN, and it's in my heart, and so is Jim Curtis. Welcome, Jim. Thanks so much for having me and for that lovely introduction. It's great to be here. I'm very excited to have you because... What we're going to talk about today is really important because without our health, we don't have anything and everybody knows it, but I know that there's a lot of confusion out there. I've faced it myself. I've seen people face it. And I just want to start and dive right in first a little bit about your background, and then we're going to get into the broader scope of discussion. I want to start from the beginning more than 20 years ago when you battled a mysterious chronic illness and, and, and you basically describe it as you, you grew accustomed to living in pain, denial, despair. And then when traditional medical therapies failed you and you were left with this despair and denial and pain, you finally figured out that you needed to seek for answers elsewhere. Tell us about this and how this illness would shape your life and how you reversed it. Well, first, thank you for reading my book. Clearly You're welcome. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly you read my book. Well, Part you of are the job, one of right? the 10 people who have read my book. Um, well, hopefully more people will be reading it after right. this podcast because it's full of great information. Oh, thank you so much. So the one thing that you said when we started this is that, um, you know, health is the most important thing. And sometimes we don't recognize that until we have a health issue. Right. And then all those things that were important are no longer important. And you, you no longer like are stressing about what's at, on the job or that email or anything. All you care about is the pain and the struggle that your body is going through. Right. And that's how important health is. And oftentimes we are not proactive with health. We are reactive with health. Yes. <laughs> and that's like, you know, that's where real suffering comes in. And that's honestly the training. Of, well, hopefully that's changing now as we find more and more integrative doctors, but Quite frankly, that was the training that the medical society and medical professionals received. It was how to treat illness, not prevent it. Mm -hmm. Sick care. Yeah. So with myself, you know, I was a, you know, I was an athlete. I was always the strongest guy in the room. And, you know, I was kind of built my persona and my confidence around that athletics and everything that I did. And then one day, you know, my feet started to go numb. And then my legs went numb and then I had headaches and then, you know, I lost function in, um, in parts of my body. And then, and then, and then, and then I can keep right. on going with the symptoms. And I'm betting that if this happened to me today, there would have been a very quick reversal to a full recovery because right. of what we know with functional medicine, because what we know with biohacking and all these different modalities that people are focusing on then. But back then, we didn't even realize 
is Lyme's disease really a thing? People are still people are still saying Lyme's disease. That that's just your people like making up symptoms in their head. Right. Right. So yeah. for better or for worse, it happened 20 plus years ago when we had not opened our eyes to all this, these wonderful healing modalities. But it really opened my eyes because having an undiagnosed illness is really trauma-inducing in itself. Mm-hmm. When you can call it, give it a name and yeah. call it your own, like I yeah. have cancer or I have this, then it's like, okay, I know what this is and therefore I have a path to overcome it. And when you're living with ambiguity about what your issue is, and then it creates fear and uncertainty. You don't have a path to create it. You're wondering what's going to happen next and you're fighting the symptoms. And that is any human's nightmare because all we really want in life is a sense of certainty. Right. That's all we're really looking for is a sense of certainty that I know that I'm going to be okay, that I'm, I'm secure. And so years went by with me searching for this all over the world. Grandmasters of Kung Fu, to Johns Hopkins, to, you know, the Paracelsus Clinic. And, you know, it turns out, you know, I got my diagnosis, a transverse myelinitis of the spine, which is basically a swelling of the spine of unknown origin. So Right. So inflammation, right, might be at the root of that. Yeah, it could have been Lyme's disease. It could have been Epstein-Barr. It could have been just some crazy. All which cause inflammation in the body, right? 100%. But what I found is that, I could make it worse or better, meaning I was in a wheelchair. Wow. Yes. I'm glad that you said that you were, you were now in a wheelchair. (laughs) It wasn't getting better. It was getting worse before it got better. So you're in a wheelchair and you finally get a diagnosis. And now your path, your journey to healing and your journey to sitting right here with me today. begins. Yeah. And what I found is that inflammation in your mind is the most destructive, right? So Mm -hmm. if you have an autoimmune or inflammation in any way, you know, and you have an inflamed mind, meaning you are stressed out, nervous, afraid, and not dealing with that, the trauma, then the rest of your body is going to be in havoc. So I I focused on an anti-inflammatory, what I call the anti-inflammatory mindset. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it lowered the inflammation in my body where I could start to recover. And then it showed me more doors to open from there in terms of functional health and like spiritual wellness. Yes. And it also, your travel led you to the Simulati. So we got to talk about the Simulati because that is really your book, the Simulati experience, nine skills for getting past pain, setbacks and trauma to ignite health and happiness. So in your travels, when you were seeking out answers, you found the Simulati. Can you tell us what that is and why are these people extraordinary? Mm hmm. So all of you guys looking to write a book, which I'm sure many of your listeners are health and wellness people that have a book in them. Um, think of a title, you know, that really represents you and what you're going through. And the stimuli was a Latin word for to stimulate. And so I wanted to write about these people that I learned from, because I had seen 200 gurus you know, I call them gurus. Some of them weren't, some of them were charlatans from, you know, all over the world from um, metaphysical to very scientific driven medicine at some of the largest hospitals. And it brought me to IAN today, quite frankly, it brought me to you, Heather, on another stimuli, meaning once I got on this path of meeting and learning from minds that could move and shape and ignite passion within you, it never stopped. So at IAN, 
constantly talking with students and graduates that are doing amazing things like yourself and the visiting faculty, all learning from them. But these stimuli are people that could really ignite something in you so that you could take a next step, ignite others, or just heal yourself. And they were grandmasters of Kung Fu. Um, they were uh, Ecuadorian shaman. They were, um, you know, just, you know, fitness instructors, therapists, and uh, neurologists, all the way to today where uh, I get to work with people like um, Deepak Chopra and yes. Andrew Wild and, and Melissa Wood at IAN. Now... I, what I love about that is um, a few things is first of all, you found your tribe, you know what I mean? Like that you found people that had like-minded, you know, thoughts and, and beliefs and could also teach you, you know, could bring you into new phases of wisdom and help you grow and evolve your yourself, you know, your, your mind and your body and all those things. So let's jump right into the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, because I want to talk about a few things that you started the podcast, you know, talking about, and I want people to really understand what that means. And so we can talk about the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and how it serves us and, you know, how you knew it was right for you. But let's go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. Like first, we talked about functional medicine. So you and I know what that is, but I want the listener to know what it is. And we, you also use the term biohacking. So you and I know what that is, but I want to know the listener to understand what that is. And that really is what the Institute of Integrative Nutrition taught me. I didn't know those terms until I was a graduate or, or studying under, uh, you know, Andrew Weil, MD and Dr. Mark Hyman. And, you know, and I found more people I follow since uh, since graduating from IAN. So let's just get into the core of the Institute and what it is that we're providing people as health coaches. Well, those are really great questions and great people too. So there's this idea of um, functional nutrition and functional medicine that kind of encompasses the whole person. And, and you know, instead of treating uh, a symptom, um, you start to look at all the factors that lead to something. So if I have, you know, if I, if I have tingling in my feet, I'm not going to try to treat the tingling. I'm going to try to figure out you know, what, what the issue is that's causing the tingling. Right. Um, so that is really what functional medicine does and what integrative medicine, it kind of takes functional nutrition and the ideas of functional me medicine and it integrates it with the whole person. Meaning there's also, you know, a lot more that feeds you besides food. There's spirituality, mm -hmm. there's your career, there's all these lifestyle elements. It's like kind of your mindset. So there's the relationships you keep. You know, like who are you, is your standard high for your lovers and your friends? Right. 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 Or are you getting burned and hurt and feeling bad after each one of those encounters? And so that's what really integrative nutrition is. And it's a, it's a mix of, you know, functional nutrition, which is okay. Let's look at what's on the plate and kind of lifestyle sources and, and biohacking, which so many of um, the teachers are, just uh, biohackers that's yeah. you know, in the purest sense, meaning how do I hack my body <laughs> so that I perform better, feel better, live longer and look better um, <laughs> and all these different ways. And there's so many different ways to do it. Some people say I need to freeze myself. Cryotherapy is the way right. I'm going to go in, right. or I need to Wim Hof style breathing and then cold water and other people like infrared sauna is all. So you have to really right. figure out what's right for you. And also, you know, it starts 
with, you know, uh, functional medicine and integrative, you know, uh, doctors that are looking, they ask you the questions, like you talked about, you know, your feet tingling. So my trained mind right away will now say, well, what's your circulation like? Yeah. Right. So like we, you know, and we start to, we, we should be our own advocates and we can learn about that, that. And as much as we have to understand, like, is our tribe right for us? Is it feeding us or is it emptying our tanks? The other thing is, is food. And we have, we share the same philosophy that food changes everything. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, it isn't everything, but it is a really good place to start. I always say to people all the time, if you have a shitty marriage, a shitty job, you know, you can't control your kids. You have a dog that barks all day long, but if you eat leafy greens all, all the time, you're not going to necessarily be healthy. <laughs> we say that too. I love that. I absolutely love that. It doesn't matter how many green juices you drink. Yeah. If you uh, like, if your mind is crazy, you're still going to feel absolutely crazy. And when I say your mind is crazy, I mean, yeah. monkey mind, like in yes. Buddhism, um, not in the, not the insane mind. Right. So, exactly. The, the, that voice in your head that never shuts up and drives mm-hmm. you nuts. Yeah. And you get to control that, by the way, it's your voice, it's your head. And so you can't control the thoughts that come through the brain, but you can stop them. You can talk to yourself. You know what I mean? And you can say, no, that's not right. So we can control that and we can control our biohacking is also our DNA. So we might be predispositioned to allowing negativity into our lives or allowing be people pleasers or being walked on, but we also are predisposed based on the color of our hair, the color of our eyes and our DNA, which could lead to chronic illnesses like heart disease, or if you have heart disease in your family, like I biohack myself, my dad had a bunch of heart attacks, right? So leading cause of killer in men, I think before COVID and And so I was like, I'm predispositioned to heart attacks. And it's also the number one leading cause in women. So like, what am I going to do to myself to make sure that I don't have a heart attack? And guess what? I can really work hard to stack the odds in my favor toward a very healthy heart. And it, it does come from stress in life and it does come from your life, but it also comes from the food on my plate. Mm -hmm. You know, like the reds are really important for me. Circulation berries are really important for me. And I learned those things through my reading and my studies, you know, at IIN. But I want to talk a little bit about your philosophy because we do share it. Um, and people are confused and they're, they're, they're over, there's so much propaganda out there and they're overstimulated into smoothies and this and that. And what do I do? So let's kind of bring it back to basics a little bit, because I think it's always the best place to start. So let's let's talk a little bit about the basics of that philosophy that food changes everything. I love bringing it back to the basics because you can literally biohack yourself crazy. Yes. Um, you know, there's, you know, so <laughs> literally, <laughs> right? right? You can go down, yourself crazy. <laughs> you can go down the rabbit hole until yes. you're so overwhelmed and upset that you don't know what to do next and you just do nothing. Here's the very basics. If I was to start at the basics, one is, you know, like how often do you recognize that you take deep breath? Mm. Sometimes we just breathe and we never recognize, like, and then, you know, when you do take a deep breath and really take a deep breath and then let it out. Look how great you feel. Like that's the very basics. Like, do you wake up in the morning and have coffee or are you drinking 12 ounces of water? Mm -hmm. And then are you drinking water throughout the day? Have you, you know, are you watching TV until 2 AM or are you going to bed at 1030? Mm -hmm. And like, are you making sure you have a comfortable mattress? And then are you putting more greens on your plate on a regular basis? And then are you just walking 
uh, instead of like uh, if you live in the city taking a cab or you know even you know walking around the block are you walking for 10 minutes a day yeah or so parking far away from the home depot or taking the stairs yeah of the elevator. Yes. yeah so those are the very basics of okay i'm going to start to biohack from you know the first step and it's actually very easy it's just things that we don't recognize right we didn't recognize that our body is such a wonderful magical thing it heals itself by itself you know like literally our body can heal itself by itself it's magical it's magical, this big, huge mega computer that when something gets cut or broken, it heals itself. We don't have to tell our heart to beat. We don't have right. to tell ourselves to breathe. But right. when we do recognize that, things start to change. Like when I recognize, oh, I'm having this thought and I can breathe now and recognize, oh, water makes me feel better and hydrated. And so the first step, 101, is to become aware of these small things that you can do to dramatically change your life. And then you can go on from there. So that's yes. kind of this first start that IM teaches is like, okay, let's bring some awareness to what these primary and secondary foods are, meaning what's on and off your plate. And then how food can literally change everything. Think about when you have a cup of coffee to when you eat cake, to when you eat heavy pasta, to when you have a light salad to, you know, and it's not good or bad. Right. It just changes the way that you feel and changes your body. Um, and then how you can heal yourself by yourself. And that's kind of your heal your mindset, heal your body. So those yes. are the things that IN really gets into. But the key fact of it is that it's bio-individual, meaning, you know, a vegan diet may be right for you, Heather, but it's not for me. Mm -hmm. Meaning, like you just said, you had the heart, you go through a lot of reds, you know, that's, that's very specific to you. And like, you can personalize your plan for you. Like heat is not good for me. I, yeah. If I'm going to do something to reduce inflammation and pain, it's always cold. Yeah. Um, so you start to learn that it's bio-individual so that you can treat yourself and then your clients or your family. And maybe some you don't want to be a health coach. Maybe you just want to transform your family's life. You can start yeah. to see that one size doesn't fit all. That's right. And, and the other thing that I, that I want to mention, because I think it's so important is as bio individuals and what that means, you guys, is there's only one you just one and there's nobody out there like you. Even the doppelganger doesn't have the same that you have. And what works for you right now may not even work for you in two years. Like, you know, we are ever changing, just like the, the seasons and the days and the months and time. Nothing ever stays the same. Did you know that typical children's vitamins can be filled with up to five grams of sugar, unhealthy chemicals and other junk growing kids just don't need? Well, Haya is a pediatrician approved, super powered, chewable kids vitamin that fills in the most common gaps in most modern children's diets. Created by two new dads and formulated with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood and concentration, healthy teeth and bones, and more. What I love is Haya is made with zero sugar, tastes great, and is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door so parents have one less thing to worry about. You get this cool bottle with your first order and then they send you eco-friendly refills every month. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya. For their best-selling children's vitamin, you can receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash in my heart. 
This deal is not available on their regular website, so go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash in my heart. Let's get these kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Now back to my show. After I graduated from IIN, I would have to give my advice when I would hear two women talking or two men for that matter. And one of them was on a diet and it was really working for them. And the other one was like, oh, I have to try it. And it's like, no, that doesn't necessarily work like that. And I call myself, I'm going to take uh, Jesse Seinfeld's title of her book. I call myself vegan sometimes because <laughs> what I have found for myself is I do better. I feel better. I am better when I eat more plants. And when I eat more meat, I feel lethargic and bogged down and things like that. So, and, and by the way, I didn't, I didn't just figure that out overnight. I, I trial and errored myself and I tried new things and I would, I would, you know, say, how do I feel? And I would be very conscious of, of me, which is one of the things we don't do enough. We're not paying attention to ourselves. We pay attention to everybody else and the world needs what the world needs. It's a mess right now. Everybody's focused on the world, but we really do need to turn inward because that's that proverbial oxygen mask. You know, you put it on your yourself first, or you can't help anybody. 100%. And, right. And I, and I do want to just bring up that we are challenged as a society because of things we would be remiss not to talk about big food and big pharma. And we are choices. You and I, you know, you talk about it as time to fit things out, not to fit things in. And I love that. And I talk about its choices. You know, IAN talked to me crowding out current choices with better choices for you. Because if you don't feel good, then there's something about the choices you're making on every level. Like we talk about it on the full plate. So I found that when I was taking on, you know, health coaching clients and I never did it as a full business, I was building my food brand and I wanted to get the experience. So I did a lot of free stuff. I did a lot of stuff just to help people. And I did a a few that were long-term that I was able to help. And they were great. I love doing them because they were so fulfilling for me. But what I learned is that people are being set up to fail by big food and big pharma. And what that means is they think they're doing the right thing. You know, I'm having lean chicken and I'm eating salad and I'm, I can't lose the weight. You know what I mean? And you're eating chicken pump full of hormones and antibiotics. And it's like not good for you at all. And it's causing inflammation in your body and you're not digesting. And, you know, we could get into how you stack into trouble, right? Because that's what happens. So Can you share with us what you learned, you know, traveling all over the world, meeting with wellness experts, working with, you know, Andrew and all these people, how these two industries have affected what we eat and how we feel? Mm -hmm. Well, big pharma and big food are more about marketing than drugs and food. Yeah. Right. So if there's, (laughs) we always say if it's a, if, if the packaging is super colorful and crinkles, don't buy it. Right. And and in, in try, you can heal yourself. I'm 100%. I've been through illness. Um, there are medications that have, you know, I, I credit with um, such life-changing. Oh, yeah. Um, right? My kid had a liver transplant. So I'm not turning my back on medicine. There's no question 100%, about it. 100%. But, but I want to be a good patient for my doctor. <laughs> it's outcomes, right? So, you, you know, like when you can reduce your cholesterol and improve the health of your heart, by eating differently, um, you don't actually need Lipitor, right? Instead, Lipitor is a blockbuster, well, was a blockbuster drug yeah. um, that made billions of dollars because we 
packaged up food that makes you um, need Lipitor. <laughs> need Lipitor. Yeah. It's almost like these two industries are hand in hand. Yeah. Like with the functional nutrition or integrative living, you are preventing that from ever happening. So 100% there is the preventative approach where, um, you know, you can get out of this kind of societal structure of, you know, I'm going to show you this on Instagram or um, on TV or on the radio, you're going to go buy it without thinking it's healthy because it says mm -hmm. organic or some other uh, name to it that is misleading. And then you eat it, eat it, eat it, and then you need to get on drugs to cure your body. What I've learned, and I'm learning more now from Zach Bush and others, is that soil really matters. Mm -hmm. So we're poisoning the earth with, mm -hmm. you know, and then all the plastic goes into a landfill. We try to get rid of it. So, you know, it's like, where is your food grown? And how is it first being, because you're eating the soil. The soil makes the food, then you eat the food, the food becomes your blood and your cells and your organs and all that. So that means that the soil becomes your organs. You become mm -hmm. the earth. You, you, you came from the stardust and now you go, you develop into earth and then you eventually return to it. So it's a, a cycle. So you have to make sure you just get the healthiest part of it. And that's, you know, Dr. Deanna Minnick means, are you eating colors? Meaning, yeah, just look at the colors on your plate. Um, and not the color of a Dorito, natural colors that you find in nature, natural things. <laughs> I do love a Dorito. But, uh, I do love a Dorito. It's a guilty pleasure. However, exactly right. Like blueberries and um, and avocados and look at all the beautiful colors of peppers, the reds and the yellows of peppers. Like, are you eating the rainbow? That's yep. not doesn't come out of a package, but it's actually real, real food. Do you know, you know, instead of just saying organic on it, do you know where it was grown? Right. Are you eating meats that are really good meats that come from a small farm that may be grass fed? Or are you eating Purdue that may, you know, have a billion chickens in a coop that are you know miserable? I, I don't know how you feel about this, Heather, but I also believe that if you're eating traumatized meat, you're kind yes, of absorbing I do believe that, that energy yes. of that sad cow into your body. Yes. yes. Um, like maybe that's a whole nother. Oh, I believe in the right to a good life for everybody, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, I don't, I hate the commercialization. It started just to give a little history to people, what we call uh, conventional, right? farming versus these institutionalized kind of farming where there's like 10,000 cows in one place that all started when fast food started, when McDonald's came around and Burger King came around. And I want to, I want to go back to, to the Dorito for a second, because it is about choices and one bag of Doritos is not going to kill you at all. It might actually be very good for you because it makes you happy and you're sharing with a friend or who knows what the situation is. But what I I find to be a sad truth is the addiction. So what's happening with processed food and yes, when you're in a rush and you're going from point A to point B and you got to run into the gas station to grab something to, cause you can't even think cause you're so hungry. I've learned how to shop in the gas station and feed my body with something other than Doritos. That's fulfilling like cashews or something like that. Like I'll grab a nut or I'll grab a banana off of the counter. No, it's not organic, but it's in a hell of a good wrapper. And so you know what I mean? I've learned to make those choices. But if you are rushing around and you need, uh, you know, convenience food, 
that's what it was built for, right? Women started to go back to work. We weren't cooking like we were. It always a sign of the times and the change. But this is where science comes in, where we have to be careful, because this is where the science and the food will do things like turn off your sensories that you're full or mm. turn up your dopamine. So, you know, once you pop, you can't stop or no one can eat just one. That's the truth. It's, it's <laughs> right? real. Right? Have real. you ever been eating lettuce? And yeah. being like, boy, I can't yeah, stop I just eating can't this have lettuce. Another bite. I can't have another I, bite. I need more lettuce. I, I, I have eaten Doritos where it's like, oh, my, I literally know that I'm full. Yes. I'm f- like feeling uncomfortable, but I can't stop eating this. Right. And, and so your choice as an educated person is I'm going to put the Doritos down now. But right. someone who isn't educated to the trickery that comes from those GMOs, genetically modified organisms, uh, which have nothing to do with soil at all. You know, they're built in a science lab that we can start to know what's happening. Because like you said, like, you know, knowledge is power. Wisdom to know better is then, you know, like these Doritos, they got their handle on me. I'm going to go get rid of them. And now I've made the choice. I don't even ever pick them up, but they taste to me like cardboard. You know, my palate has changed so much that I don't enjoy that anymore. That, that's that's what I'm. That's a great point. And what what we're getting to here is that with this education, with the community, when when you get into it, it becomes a lifestyle, and it doesn't become a fight anymore. You know, it, right. you know I, I don't go for that stuff naturally because I don't crave it. I I just right. don't find myself craving it, and and my awareness has been open right? That's the start. And then I, what we call crowded it out with yeah. other things. And at first it took a little willpower, but now it's like, I, I don't go for it. And, um, you know, will I eat a piece of cake? Yeah. Yes. Of yeah. course. Like Dr. Yeah. Drew Ramsey, one of our faculty members said, like, sometimes the mental effect of being happy around food is, is far outweighs the negative effect of the sugar that's in that cake. So mm-hmm. eat your cake. Right. That day. But then the next day, if you keep eating the cake, you're going right. to screw yourself in the end. But I know that that's like a rare occasion because I want to do these other things because they make me feel better. And also I'm in a routine of it. Right. For you. But for just for people out there listening, like, yes, you can have your cake. I want you to eat your cake. It's important to eat your cake. It's important to have your Doritos if you want it. But then what's the next day look like? What choices are you making for your body the next day? How are you supporting yourself the next day? Soon you'll feel like, oh, I just had Faje yogurt, 0% with um, raspberries, blueberries, and um, walnuts. And that was really sweet and delicious. Like when I went, I can only have one bite of cake because it's too sweet. Yes, that's what happens and to that, me. Sugar, it, I can't right? take it. Yeah, That's called crowding out. Yeah. Right? That's called crowding out. Like, uh, you know, so you predisposition your body for the good stuff. Um, that when something new comes in, it, it's foreign to you yeah. and you don't want it. And that's the bad stuff. Yeah. So that's what the school teaches you. All these experts, we got to this place because you asked me about these experts that I love and what I've learned. They've, it's two things that you learn. One is the mental aspect of it, meaning you some have to get into the subconscious of your mind to be able to make these changes or else you're just fighting yourself. And you get in there by you know changing your mindset, breathing, meditation, um, affirmations, but also by crowding out, which is like, I'm not going to say I can't do this. It's bad. Um, and, and it has to stop today. I'm going to slowly crowd the self out. So it becomes a routine. My yes. subconscious adapts it. And then as I start to go forward, it just becomes a lifestyle. 
that's, that's right. what we teach. And then we teach you to be able to coach people to do that themselves. Cause probably a lot of people that listen to this are into wellness and people probably come to them for advice, but it's one thing to know how to coach someone as opposed to like someone that always gives advice. Yes. Coaches don't give advice. No. They listen and they guide. That's right. Uh-huh. And the one thing that I want to say that's so important, you know, as a coach and as from my own experience is that you got to take it one step at a, at a time. You know, I might climb to the top of Kilimanjaro, but I get there one foot in front of the other. Right. And so I always coach folks to make one choice like the eight ounces of water in the morning or the 16 ounces, even better, which is exactly how I say it. Get down eight, 16 would be better, but start with eight. How do you start your day? I put my feet on the floor and I drink a glass of water that I've left by my bed. I honestly have it in a Yeti, but that's where I leave it. And, you know, and so I started making changes in my life by one small step. And what I loved about INN is that people like you who have gone through, you know, a challenge in life and have come out the other side, you learn what works for you. And what I was watching, like diet theories are all diet theories. You know what I mean? Like the guy who believes in juicing really believes in juicing because it worked for him. But again, you've got to lean into that bio-individuality. So I love the idea of a diet as a testing ground you know what I mean? If you're reading a book to learn about what, what works for you, but I just want people to be very cautious of the silver bullet because, you know, when like the Atkins diet for me, you know what I mean? Like that's one that without any understanding of nutrition, I can have, I can be in an Atkins diet and not have one piece of meat. I can get all my protein from plants, but people don't understand that. They think that, you know, simmering cheese with oil in a, you know, with brisket and having that for breakfast is, you know, and yeah, you might go into ketosis and you might lose a little weight, but you're also probably going to die of a heart attack. Just like Atkins did. I think that that's what actually happened, right? Yes, like that's it is. Kind of like a hidden, that's a hidden truth. It's a hidden um, truth. That is, but talk so, about the diet theories. Talk about all of that there is to know and that there's all kinds of things to try mm-hmm. and trial and error. Yes. So IN teaches you about 144 dietary theories. Yeah. So everything, you know, you think of a dietary theory, we're, we're teaching you the pros, the cons, the foods to eat, the foods not to eat, how to coach people around it. And they are, you know, keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, uh, the Mediterranean diet, yes. you know, you, 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 you name, name it. it. I learned it. <laughs> yeah, you, You've learned it. So, and it's, it's, so you can be knowledgeable because there are so many diets out there that if someone, you have to be knowledgeable about how to coach someone. And it's not to say you should be on this diet. It's, Mm-mm. it's, but it's also really fun to learn about those kind of theories yeah. uh, for your own. Like I love the Mediterranean diet because Me too. I like fresh vegetables. I like mm-hmm. fish. I, it just makes me feel really good. I'm Greek. It makes me, it just makes me. <laughs> it fits. It's your comfort food. <laughs> it just, it fits in for me. But, you know, so those are the things that you learn about and you learn it from such amazing people. So, you know, oftentimes people come into the course because um, they want to heal themselves, which it is so restorative. It really yes. is transformational and restorative. And although I came in very knowledgeable when I did the course, you know, it's like, this is absolutely fantastic. And other people want to change their career. And then most of the time, people that go through this, 
gets so lit up that they're like, I want this as a career. I didn't think I wanted this as my career, but I want to be helping other people learn this stuff and get paid for it. Yes. Um, which, or, you know, so many people will go on to start products or to write books or to do so many other things with the education. It just shows it adds a, a level of credibility to what they've done. Not only the confidence of knowing the information, but the credibility of having it behind you. That's right. A hundred percent. And, you know, my, my journey started, as you know, and most of my listeners know was through being a mom and trying to make the right choices for a, a baby, my young, young baby who was riddled with health issues and, you know, shot up with every antibiotic and everything you could ever imagine. You know what I mean? And so we, you know, words like microbiome or flora weren't even out there yet. Although Socrates is the one that said disease will start and end in the gut. We're now really, um, only now are we on an open forum that people understand uh, probiotics and prebiotics and gut health and your flora and your microbiome and things like that. There's so much to learn and God, thank you for Google. I just love it. You know, you can Google microbiome. You can understand what's important to your stomach. And there's some basics that you can know about. Like if you have an upset stomach and you could think about what you ate the day before, that might be something. Or if you've taken a round of antibiotics, you know what I mean? You want to restore your flora because it wipes out the bad bacteria, but it also wipes out the good bacteria. So these are tips that are out there to take. But I have to tell you a story that just recently happened to me because I still question myself sometimes and, I, and what I know, what I've been taught. Right. And so I was in Israel and I got, you know, Jacardi or something. I, 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 I ate something or drank something that gave me a parasite in my stomach. And so mm. I started to feel right away. I knew that something was wrong with my stomach because I'm so in touch with my body and my health. And I was on a, I was touring, you know, Heron, this amazing place. And I didn't feel good. And, you know, the only thing to get to drink on the street or whatever there that's, you know, is a Coca-Cola, right. Is a soda. So in my head, I was like, I should drink this Coke because Coke syrup and Coke is good for your belly. It helps settle your belly. But the, you know, co health coach in me, the knowledgeable person in me is like, yeah, but the sugar is just going to feed your inflammation. Right. And I, and I was literally standing there on the side of feet, like to drink it or not to drink it, you know, and I oh knew it was going to spike my sugar yeah. and I knew, but I was like, you know what, I've got to do something. I didn't realize it was a parasite at this, at this early juncture, but I still go through making those choices myself. Now I wasn't saying, do I want to drink the Coke or do I not want to drink the Coke? I've already gotten through that. I don't struggle right. with that anymore, yeah. but I was really battling like what's better, the Coke syrup or the, is the information right. going to cancel it out? You know, right. what do you think the answer is? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't you know, either. Coke can't take rust off of steel. So I, I would know imagine. I didn't drink it, by the way, which was my answer. But I wondered if I should. So I'll have to ask uh, yeah. Dr. Weil or, or, or Mark Hyman about yeah. Dr. Mark I, you know, I know what Doc Amen, Mark Hyman and Dr. Weil would say. They don't would say, drink it. Don't drink the Coke. That's what I, that's yeah, what I thought they would say. That Figure it out. If something yeah. else is wrong that Coke it's ain't going to fix. Probably yeah. something else. But, go eat some but I want to yeah, exactly. But I want to go back to that because there was only so much I had access to at the right. moment. Right. And the other thing is, is like what we've learned. Right. So sometimes when you don't have access, you got to make the choice out of the choices you have. But my choice through my education was like, I, these are not any of these are not the right choices for me right now. And what I found out I needed was like Cipro. And so then I had to, you know, feed my flora again after the antibiotic round was over. I started right away on probiotics to, you know, pump up my belly again. But one of the things that I want to talk about that you mentioned was the fact that you're Greek. 
I, I learned this as INN and, and it was really, it made a lot of sense to me. When you want comfort food and you go for comfort food, oftentimes you go for the food that you were brought up on. You know what I mean? And that like, maybe it was meatloaf, you know what I mean? Or chicken Parmesan, you know, in my house, I'm Italian. And so when I make that food choice, if I decide to have, you know, a free range chicken and I know where it came from and I know the restaurant I'm eating at, that's a good choice for me because I might've had a really hard day at work and I feel like I deserve it and I want to eat it. And it's, so it's a healthy choice for me. So I think that where you come from and where your comfort, you know, values lie is something that you should integrate into your life. Right. 100%. 100%. We have a faculty member. Her name is Maya Fella. Uh, she's a nutritionist and she teaches all about this. Meaning there is each of us have a different idea of healthy, depending on where we're from. Yeah. And you know, that's what we don't judge it. Yeah. But sometimes we do. Like, yeah. So, and what, what, that it's not to say leave behind your comfort food for sure. It's just mm-hmm. some basics that you will learn. And she's gives such wonderful talks about this so that you hit the nail on the head with that one. Well, that's what I love is there's so much literature out there. And the truth of the matter is you also believe like me, it's important to wake up and take your life into your own hands, you know, mm-hmm. and particularly that means focusing on your wellness. Like we talked about the oxygen at the beginning of, of the uh, podcast. So can you give listeners some of your tips and hacks on to how, how to build this mindset? Yes. So I gave a talk not too long ago and they, uh, I just wanted to be disruptive a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, for the next day, I want everybody to put a pebble in their shoe and walk with it. Right. Just walk with a pebble in your shoe and for a whole day, forget about it. <laughs> I, was, I can't I, walk up. I can't walk two steps with a pebble in my yeah, shoe. Yeah. So, yeah. But there are people that you know can't take the pebble out. Right. Oh. All the, so how do you, how, how, how are you kind of like building awareness around potential issues, right? When you put a pebble in your shoe, all you're thinking about is how your foot hurts and how you need to, to, you know, have awareness around that, around how you cure that issue. So that's to bring awareness. And so one thing I say is do something different. That's uncomfortable to bring awareness around what you need to do. And then the second thing is start to do things differently so that you can start to change routines and build up new neural pathways. And that could be like brush your teeth with the opposite hand, sleep on the opposite side of the bed. You know, yeah. those are little things that are actually pretty disruptive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to brush my teeth with my left hand today. Try it. It's I'm hard. Gonna. It's really hard. I mean, your significant other will not be happy when you're like, you're sleeping on that side tonight. <laughs> right? But that, right. it's like, it's, I don't know if I'm ready for that change. <laughs> feels like you're in a whole different place. So um, these are the things. And then you start with, okay, I am going to change my morning routine, meaning I'm going to get up and you have a great idea. So I, I, you said this and I'm like, I need to do that. You keep a Yeti full of water right next to your bed. So you don't yeah. even have to get out of bed before you're nope. like, sometimes I go into the kitchen. I'm like, then I forget and I do something, but put the water next to your bed so that you drink it and then go do 10 sit-ups before you right. do anything. Like right. that, just before you can talk yourself out of it, start doing it. Yep. And then schedule other things throughout the day, five minutes to meditate, 10 minutes to walk, start slowly with these new things. And they start to build up because you start to feel better and then you want more. 
And then you yes. start to go deeper and deeper yes. and deeper. And then what is cryotherapy? What's red light therapy? What's PMEF? Um, and how can that change me? So, you know, what's IIN? And I, I, I can't wait until the next module comes out and I get to hear the next person talking and get my certificate or start seeing clients or use this to start a business or a product. And that's kind of how you start. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you talked about it in the middle of the podcast, and it's something that I have been really focused in on, and that is breath, our breath. I recently learned that I was a mouth breather. And I, I don't, what does that mean? Because like, I'm not like, my mouth isn't like gaped open at a hole and I'm snoring like crazy. <laughs> I just, even when I'm running or walking, like I found myself or hiking, I really learned it mostly when I was doing high altitude climbing. And I, but, but it's a very easy thing to recognize, especially when you lay down to go to sleep, when you're about to go to sleep and you have your head on the pillow, are you breathing out of your mouth or are you breathing out of your nose? Because the gases, whether it's oxygen or carbon monoxide, is totally different in the body, whether you suck it in through your nose or you suck it in through your mouth, right? So our mouth, I learned, is meant to be a secondary option for us. Our, our noses really are our filters. We're supposed to breathe in and out of our noses. Mm -hmm. And the mouth is there when your nose is clogged. If you have a cold, <laughs> what happens? If you plug a kid's nose when they're sound asleep, their mouth is going to open, right? It's a right. secondary emergency system, but we really should breathe out of our noses. And it's a challenge. Let me tell you, it is a challenge. And I work at it hard. I almost have to, there's even tape they have sleepers tape that you could put this like soft tape over your lips. So it prevents you from opening your mouth. And it's, it's changed the way I feel when I wake up in the morning. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I've, I beat myself up sometimes just mentally when I'm like, get it, you know, you're keeping your mouth open or I'll know, I'll notice that I've slept with my mouth open because my mouth is dry in the morning when I wake up. You know what I mean? If I, if I get off the routine of training myself to do it. So you mentioned breath and obviously you do some work on it. Can you lend some insight into that? I don't even have the title of the book that I read because I read a book about it. So I'm, I'm a terrible resource right now, but I'll, I'll put it, I'll put it up in writing when I launch your podcast with the name of the book is, but you, you do a lot of breath work. Talk, talk about why our breathing is so important. Well, I'll say first that this is why I love, love what I do because I get in touch with people like you that I, you know, yeah, I didn't did know it? about that. So that's See? something that I'm going to look forward to. I got to send you the book. It was so interesting. And the guy who wrote it, he had a chronic illness. Wow. He came to this breath work and writing the whole book about it and researching it. And there's not enough out there about it. You there's know, no one, something new right? and interesting. I want yeah. to learn about that. For I'm sure. going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. Breath is super important. So we work with um, Andrew Weil, who did the box breath, four, seven, eight breathing. Yes. Um, we, and I love Wim Hof. I've always believed in, um, understanding and being clear on your breath. It's a breath is kind of taken for granted because we're not telling ourselves to breathe, but yes. we should be telling ourselves to breathe. And slowly or deeply or to yes. hold it. Yes. And, and it, it can be like when I'm in an art, like I'm mad, you know, I, I, I tend to sometimes take it, take it, take it, take it. And then I'm like, okay, I can't take it anymore. And then I'll, I'll be angry or snotty or whatever. And what I have started to do with breath is I breathe when I feel that coming on. Mm -hmm. I do Andrew's box breathing where I, you, you hold, you bring it in you, and then you hold your breath and then you let it out. And I do that and it changes my mind. Yes, one hundred percent changes my mind. It affects your parasympathetic and, right. and so and your vagus nerve. So um, it one hundred percent chills you out. 
right? right. And also it allows you, the, the, the old saying, just take a breath is very real. You know, you bring more oxygen into your body, you can think more clearly. So, um, and it relaxes you. So there are many different breathing techniques that when we start to think of them um, and use them, you know, it changes. It, it changes our meditation. It changes the way we think and it lowers stress in our body by, you know, by calming us. So it's so positive on a number of different levels, whether it's bringing oxygenating your cells yes. or lowering your stress. Most importantly is, for me anyway, is that it erases my awareness of my emotional state. Mm-hmm. Because when I can recognize that I'm not breathing, like literally, usually I'm stressed or angry. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. I, and then I'm like, okay, one, I just triggered an awareness of my emotional state. What's, what is, what's causing the problem and is it real or imagined and how do I change it? And usually it's like, okay, let's start with breathing. And then it's like, you don't have to do this elaborate. Maybe you don't do Andrew Wiles Bach breathing for 10 minutes, but you can even just breathe in through your nostrils, feel the air. All you need to think about is the feeling of the air going in through your nostrils. It's hard to think about anything else when you're thinking, breathing and thinking about how that feels. And then just very deep and then out your mouth and do that a few times. It will change things. Yep. And I don't even do the 10 minutes with Dr. Wiles anymore. I just do it three times. I take like three of those breaths, but every single time the science is there in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we're talking about it so much. Well, I, I really loved what I learned, you know, my entire experience with IIN, you know, the goal of IIN to educate people around the world so that we can share stories together and experience together all the ways that IIN can help everyone access, you know, information, which leads to education, which leads to choices and all that stuff. So for those people who do want to take the course, I I highly recommend it. You don't necessarily have to want to be a health coach to do it. Um, We do need health coaches out there. What they are is they're really a conduit between the doctor and the patient. And hopefully, you know, more and more doctors are starting to uh, integrate integrative nutrition and uh, functional medicine. You know, my doctors, the last thing they prescribe me is an antibiotic. It's there if we need it, but we try other things first. And, you know, I don't know enough about, you know, what, you know, Dr. Lippman might know about, you know, homeopathy when it comes to killing my parasite in my belly, you know, but I didn't get a chance to get to him because I was in Israel and I had to take the Cipro. You know what I mean? But sure enough, I did some reading on how to build back up my microbiome after a strong antibiotic like that, because I hadn't been on an antibiotic in, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. I don't know when the last time Mm. I had one was. So that's a good thing. Um, Not being on an antibiotic, finding those things, questioning your doctor, you know what I mean? Like, do do you, and, and finding out, does your doctor question you? You know what I mean? And if they don't, then you might want to get a health coach. You know, if you if you go in with a bellyache and they just give you a tablet and they didn't ask anything about what you ate or what your eating habits are, what your life is like, then chances are there's more answers in there than that little tablet. Isn't that a provocative thing to say? Yeah. Question your doctor. Yes. Right. <laughs> I like to disrupt oh. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Because they're, I mean, they're it's good an... doctor, they're not going to be um, worried about that. 100% you know? believe that you should question your doctor. Meaning, yeah, you know, we think that doctors are God and you don't, you know, they, if the doctor says it, it must be, you know, question your doctor, please. Yep. Because oftentimes they're spending eight minutes with you and they have a lot of other patients and you know your body better. Um, That's so right. question your doctor. Don't be afraid right. to do that. I love That's that. That's right. I love that you said that. 
I did, you know, and it really came from me being an advocate for a child. I didn't learn it on my own. I learned it as a parent of a sick child who questioned everything. You know, I mean, every time I turned around, they wanted to stick jacks with another needle. I'm like, what mm. is this for? Does he really need this? Like, you know, to the point where you can only get blood out of the kid's skull. Every vein had collapsed, you know, and wow. and oftentimes he needed it. You know what I mean? But the fact that I questioned it, we both felt better about it. Me and the caregiver, the doctor, you know what I mean? We're like, no, we're going to or they said, you know what? I think we're actually drawing blood later today for something else. Like, you know, getting the right hand talking to the left hand sometimes mm-hmm. is important. So mm-hmm. I advocate. wish I had questioned more. Yes. But now, you know, and you get to mm-hmm. teach other people to do that. And mm-hmm. so I love it so much. So you can use, you know, food as medicine. You can manage health issues and get out in front of them. Um, there is no silver bullet necessarily. The doctor may not have all the answers. And so I thank you so much for this time for you to, you know, spend with us and share with us on IAN. And by the time this podcast comes up, I will definitely uh, have in my, on my Instagram, some books, you know, that we can read and some of the doctors that you and I both follow together. And maybe you can turn me on to some of the new um, wonderful wisdom that you bring into the, your modules at IAN. But before I let you go outside of a journey of wellness and dedicating your life to, you know, making people and your yourself feel and live with longevity and robust living and things like that. How do you find your freedoms? Oh my God. What a wonderful question. It's, um, you know, I have to say that this has been a re- you know super stimulating conversation because I love talking about these things and how do I find my freedom really is I find my freedom in the sense of, you know, not being beholden to what the mental beliefs of other people have. Yeah. Meaning I don't let anybody chain me based on um, they're going to be upset or they f- they're not going to agree with my decision. You know, I, I may let them down a little bit. That doesn't mean I'm not kind, cognizant, no. empathetic, but like if I want to go away this weekend and be in nature and I may not make it back on time for that off meeting on Monday morning um, or someone, I make a decision about something that someone doesn't agree with then I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not behind bars worried and making different decisions based on, you know, based on that. So that's how I that's find That's such my a great piece of advice, people. I hope that you hear that because we do wind up letting other people run our lives and then we feel bad about it. And, you know, what do, what do they say? You know, guilt is for Catholics and Jews, right? You know, and I fit into both of those categories. So yeah, don't have guilt when you are feeding yourself. It's the optimum definition of self-care. Now, it doesn't mean you're not kind or, you know, there's other ways that you're selfless all the time, but when you really need time for yourself or you need to make a decision that's good for for you do it unapologetically the last thing i'll say is i'm free from regret yes. i believe that you're on a path the things are happening that you put that are there to happen you're at the perfect place at the perfect time and do not let regret chain you Yay. Oh gosh. And then with that note, I want to just remind everybody and I'll be posting about it when the podcast goes up, but, you know, check out the stimulati experience, nine skills for getting past pain, setbacks and trauma to ignite health and happiness. It sounds to me, well, it is to me a great place to start. And then we'll also, um, you know, in my post, I'll, I'll share some other things for you to look at a great resources to begin your journey with, because it's never too late 
Everybody gets a brand new day if you're lucky the next day. If not, you're dead. So it doesn't make a difference. And we've got to just continue to feed our souls and use food for enjoyment and social, but also to understand it is it is fuel and medicine um, for our bodies and that we can uh, understand the choices that we make, how they affect us. And we can use it as a guide and we don't have to beat ourselves up for these, these choices. You know, I just, one last thing I want to share with everybody. Like I had this weight gain happen to me and I couldn't understand what it was because I eat well, I hadn't changed anything. I was exercising, you know, and then I, I, I realized that uh, my, uh, I was on hormones, you know, for my menopause. Cause I had gone through menopause and I was like, maybe I need to have my hormones checked. And you know what? Let me think about it. I'm in the country a lot more than I'm in the city. Now I'm not walking as much. So I was mm. not, I was taking in the same amount of calories, but I wasn't expending the same amount of calories. And sure enough, when I went to the doctor, my estrogen was a little high which means weight gain. And I did, I, I'm a softie and I cry at a Hallmark commercial. You know, I was crying at everything. I was like, I was just getting, I know the world, I didn't get it because there's a lot to cry about right now, but there's also a lot we can take into our own hands. So don't mm -hmm. forget there's another side of the coin. You know, the, the hardest conversations and the hardest place to start is when things are really bad, right? That's because we can, we got one place to go. But I checked my estrogen and it was high. And once I was able to fix that, I, I, I came back to a normal place and I added work. So there's, I changed all of a sudden something changed, but I was aware of it. Right. And I didn't go on a diet. I, you know, I was like, I asked myself the questions like what's happening. And then when I went to my doctor, she was like, are you also you're waking? Are you also um, teary eyed a lot? And I'm like, oh, my God, I could cry right now. Just you telling me that she's like, well, that's a sign of a little too much estrogen. So, you know, just you know, you just never know is the point. But there's always ways to seek out the answers and never stop seeking out the answers. So thank you so much to my guest, Jim Curtis. This is in my heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Before I go, Jim, where can people find you and follow you? You can find me if you want to know more about me personally at Jim Curtis one on Instagram at Jim Curtis one, but at nutrition school is um, our main Instagram account for IIN and it's a good one. So that's where people can find me. Yep. I follow at nutrition school. I follow INN. I follow Dr. Michael Greger. I fo follow Dan Butner. I follow a Andrew Weil. I file Mark Hyman. And these are folks you guys see me post all the time, their knowledge and wisdom. It's what I believe. And they have changed my life. And you're hearing it right here that uh, finding his way through food and nutrition and spirituality and, you know, breath work and where our psyche is has changed Jim's Curtis's life too. So thank you so much for being with us. Such an awesome conversation. Thank you, Heather. I'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.